great. Thank you, guys. See, isn't this much better? Can you see me better? Can you see me better? I can see you better. This is great. Listen, <clears throat> I'm glad you guys are here. And I'm pumped to be with you guys to talk about um, Squad Up this morning, right? We've been going through um, this series called Squad Up, and, and we're going to continue that. This is our final week of Squad Up, and so I'm really excited to jump in with you guys about that. Listen, we all need people, right? Raise your hand if you think you need people in your life. Some of you guys are like, I don't need anybody. I'm like, you need people, okay? Um, I know sometimes it doesn't feel like we need people. Sometimes <clears throat> we'd rather sit alone in the corner. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. But we all need people, especially when things in life get a little crazy, right? And we've all dealt with that recently with coronavirus, COVID-19, everything that's going on. Sometimes things get pretty crazy, right? And, and we need people in our life <coughs> when things like that go down. Life gets chaotic, right? And so we need people. Here's the thing, though. Sometimes in life, it feels like all you can do is, like, fall flat on your face, right? You guys, she doesn't feel that way. But I know I do sometimes, and I know some of you guys do. And she may have felt that way sometimes, but sometimes it feels like all we can do is, like, fail, right? Here's the deal. I've got a really awesome fail video for you guys that I want to show you and uh, it's pretty funny because most of us can probably relate to this video. So Mike's going to throw this video up on the screen. And I want you to think about it while you're watching this. These people, all they can do is like smack. So let's, let's see what we got going on here. So it is a roller skating fail video. So let's see how it goes. Okay. She's doing pretty good. She, okay. Pretty good. Boom. Slams hard. Now, notice how many fall. One, two, and three. And about to fall again, four. Oh, oh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and again, ten. Yes, they just keep falling. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> he hits the dab on them. This girl's doing it too. Oh, yeah. That's, that's me. That's me up there on my skate. Oh, oh, he's ready. Oh, he's stable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right into the camera. Right into Okay. Now stop. Okay. Boom. Wow. She slammed hard. Oh, limbo. Limbo. Okay. Uh-oh. Yep. That is, listen, let me tell you something. I have looked like probably every one of those people at some time in my life. I do like to roller skate. Raise your hand if you've been roller skating in here. Hopefully everybody, right? Roller skating is fun and dangerous and scary all at the same time, right? Listen, here's something I noticed in a couple of those videos. A lot of times people fail because of other people, right? The, that one, the one with the limbo where they're trying to go under it. The, lady, the guy falls right in front of him and then she goes, boom, right on her face, right? She fell because the other dude, like, fell right in front of her. I know that I've experienced that before. You know, maybe you're in one of those conga lines, right, and you're trying to keep up, and then one person goes down, and the rest of it goes down with them, right? So a lot of times, that's how skating works, especially ice skating, okay? Yeah, yeah. Some of you guys, you know, you get your little bucket, and you're like, oh, I'm good, whatever. No, I don't go with the bucket, and because of that, I smack my head on the ice. It's never good. Yeah, it, yeah, it happens. Um, 
lot of times in skating, people fall down because of other people. So here's something I want you guys to think about. Sometimes our friends can trip us up, right? Our friends who are just trying to have fun, la, 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 they can trip us up. I'm going to tell you guys a story about my wife. Um, This is an awesome story, and I'm really excited to share it because um, I think it's quite funny. It's a story about a time where somebody tripped my wife, okay? So who here loves snow? I love snow. What's your favorite thing about when it snows? It's cold. What else? Sledding. Yes. What else? What? Huh? It's moldable. So you make a snowman. Yeah. Snowboarding. Okay. Who's Snowball fights. There it is. There it is. Snow cream. Who likes snow cream? It's good. You should try it. Snow is fun. But the story that I'm going to tell you guys about today involves sledding. Now, sledding is one of my favorite things to do when it snows. I don't care how old I am, I'm always going to go sledding, right? Um, And so a couple years back when Emerson and I, that's my wife if you guys don't know, um, we were in college and it like snowed for a whole day. And we were like, boom, let's go sledding, right? We tried to make some snow cream, but it didn't really work out. So then we were like, we must go sledding. Got to do something in the snow. So we get our gear on, we go out, and there's this huge hill. I'm talking like huge. And so we get up on this hill and we're like sledding down. There's, hun- there's like a hundred people out there. We're just sledding. And, and the ride is like a minute long. I'm not kidding when I say this hill is giant. And so, you know, we're going down, we're sledding. And I'm up at the top once because Emerson just went down and then she starts like walking up the hill, right? Because, you know, when you go down, you got to come up. Well, for those of you who know my wife, she isn't the most, she isn't the largest person, right? She's kind of small and if someone were to accidentally run into her, it would probably be bad news, right? And so I see it about to happen, right? There's these two guys, and they got the sled, and they go down, and they're like together, two like full-grown dudes going down this hill full speed straight for my wife, okay? And so she's walking up the hill, and she sees them coming in, and she's doing this right here, and they smack her, right? And her, her feet go flying in the air, and she lands on top of these dudes, and they end up sliding all the way down the hill. She got taken out, y'all. I'm not joking. And so I did. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. So I was like, what's happening? Like, her legs are broken. I'm worried. And so I'm like, I got to go check on her. So I run down this hill, and I'm like, got to rescue her. I know she's about to die or something because I was worried, right? I get down to her. She's fine. No broken bones. But she got slammed. And I was like, oh my goodness, are you okay, blah, blah, blah. She was fine, no big deal. Here's the point, though. The people that were on that sled tripped her up. and She couldn't do anything about it. Sometimes in our lives, our friends can trip us up, right? They can, sure, even strangers can, flip, can, trip, can trip us up. But here's the deal, though. Sometimes they can trip us up in a couple different ways, right? Maybe they can influence us to make bad decisions, Right, Our friends are, are, are making some bad decisions, and they're influencing us to do the same thing, and we go along with it. I know I've been in that boat. Maybe they're influencing us to walk away from our faith or to not come to church anymore and not be a part of God's family. I know a lot of people are trying to influence me in my life to do that. See, our friends and the people around us can trip us up sometimes. But it's so important for us to have that squad, somebody who can be there for us in our life. 
Um, sometimes it feels like we're fighting an uphill battle, right? It's like my friends are pulling me down, I'm pulling my friends down, and I just can't get this thing right. Well, today we're going to talk about how squads can stand strong together, right? We're going to talk about how we can be unified and together without tripping each other up and what we can do to be together and so that we can stand strong together. See, we all need a crew. Some of you guys have heard of NASCAR racing. Um, it's like these guys in these really fast cars, 200 miles an hour, but they've always got that pit crew in their ear, right? They've got those people telling them, hey, you need tires in this many laps, or you got to get some gas, man, or you're going to run out, or, you know, somebody's right on your butt, whatever. They've got this pit crew in their ear. You see, we all need a squad so that we can stand strong together. The last four weeks, we've been talking about this series, Squad Up. And the first week, we talked about how everybody can be a part of God's family, right? Everybody in this room has the opportunity to be a part of God's family. And then the second week, we talked about how we can forgive each other and we can forgive one another because Christ forgave us. Last week, we talked about how important it was to be connected with your squad so that you can grow with your squad, right? And this week, we're going to talk about how our squads can stand strong together. And this is really awesome because Paul is writing this letter and he's laying it out on a platter for us. And so we're going we're gonna to jump into some scripture. Um, we're going to jump into some scripture. We're going to talk about how Paul has shown us this in the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bible, or if you don't, that's fine. If you've got your phone, you want to use that, you can use that as well. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to be in verses 10 through 20. And while you guys are turning there, you might be asking, why is it important for us to stand strong together? Why do I need to stand strong with my squad? Like, I'm good. I'll go home. I'll watch my YouTube without my friends. Like, I don't need anybody. I'm good, right? Right. I feel that way sometimes too. But here's the thing. It's important for us to stand strong together because we're trying to accomplish a goal for God's kingdom. Right? If you're a follower of Jesus tonight, you are trying to accomplish a goal for God's kingdom. And that is to share the gospel with people. To show others about Jesus. And so if we're going to do that, we got to stand strong together because we can't be looking weak over here. Right? I can't be on a basketball team with a bunch of dudes like me because we're going to lose. Right? i got to have some good basketball players. i got to have my man Dion and Aaron out there. And, and whoever else. We played basketball at that open gym the other night. That was fun. Um, whoever else likes to play basketball. Right? And so i got to have a strong team so I can stand strong together. So let's jump into Ephesians chapter 6, okay? Um, we're going to read in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to break it up into three different sections, okay? So if you would, read along with me um, in verses, let's see here, in verses 10 through 12 is what we're going to start off with, okay? And so here's what it says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So Paul, once again, is writing this letter to a group of people who are called the church. Now, we talked about this the last couple weeks. The church isn't a building, right? Like this floor or these seats or this stage, this isn't the church in the biblical sense of the word, right? The church is us. 
It's me, it's Leo, it's Carson, it's Aaron, it's you ladies. The church is a group of people. That's right. The church is not a building. And so Paul is writing this letter to the church, which is us, right? And he's saying that we need to stand strong together. And in the first couple verses of this passage that we're breaking down today, he's saying this. He's saying that we are in a battle, but that we can stand strong against the evil, against the enemy. He's saying that we are in a battle, but we can stand against the enemy. That's the main idea of verses 10 through 12. You see, it's important to identify that we're fighting a battle, right? If you're a follower of Jesus in this room this morning, you are fighting a spiritual battle. That's what Paul tells us in verses 10 through 12. He says, we are in a battle, right? He's identifying that. But then he tells us some good news. He says, even though we're fighting a battle, he says that we can stand against the enemy. And this is great, right, because you always want to have, like, the opportunity to win whenever you're in a battle, unlike the NBA Finals right now. Um, it's important to know that we can win, right? And, and so Paul was saying to the church, he's saying, you can win in this battle. And then throughout this, the passage, we're going to talk about things we can do, how we can do that together, and so on and so forth. Verse 11 says that we must stand against the schemes of the devil. It says to be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord so that we can stand strong together. Why? Because we're fighting a battle, but we can stand against the enemy. We have to rely on God's power in order to stand for our faith in Christ. Here's the cool thing about this. Paul isn't saying, like, you need to be strong enough. You need to know enough about the Bible. You need to come to church this many times. He's saying the only way that we can stand against the enemy is if we trust God's power, right? Here's the deal. Jesus already won the battle for us, right? The battle against sin, the battle against temptation. He already won that. And we don't have to be this super Christian to be able to stand. All we have to do is to be able to trust in Jesus on the cross. You see, he came here, he lived a perfect life, he died on the cross as a sacrifice for my sins. What that means is, is I was guilty for my sin, and because of what Jesus did, I'm no longer guilty of my sin if I put my faith in him, right? And so I believe in what Jesus did on the cross, and now I can stand here and say, I can stand against the enemy. Not because I'm good, but because Jesus was when he died on that cross. And what he did on that cross is sufficient to pay the price for my sin every single day of my life. And that's what gives me the strength to stand against the power of Satan. And that's true for every single person in this room who's a follower of Jesus. You're not going to be able to stand against the power of evil because you're like super cool or nice or friendly. The only way we can do that is if we put our faith in Jesus on the cross. Because that's where the power is. Not in knowing about Noah's Ark or knowing all the stories that you learned in Sunday school, right? The second passage of scripture we're going to look at is verses 13 through 17. And so if you would read along with me here on the screen, if you're on your Bibles, that's great. Here's what it says. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And then it goes to the next slide. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, 
which is the word of the Lord. So Paul opens up and he says, there's a battle, but you can stand against us. And then in this section of scripture, he's going to tell us exactly what we need to do in order to stand in God's power against the evil, right? And here's the cool thing. We can all do this together, right? We can put on God's armor together and then we can help each other put on God's armor. Why? So we can stand strong together. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. I want you guys to look at this. Um, what Paul is saying, he kind of goes through all the different uh, pieces of the armor, right? He, he says, put on the, 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 the belt of truth, right? Now, you might be saying, what's the belt of truth? Like, I got this leather belt I put on every morning, but what's the belt of truth? The belt of truth is this. It's, it's putting on this symbolic, like it's not a physical belt, but it's something that symbolizes the truth, right? The truth about who Jesus is. The truth about who you are in Christ. And it's saying, I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to remind myself, who am I in Jesus? I'm going to remind myself of the truth. I'm going to put on the belt of truth, right? So that's the first aspect of the armor of God, to prepare us to stand strong for him and against the powers of evil. Notice, it's not about being good yourself. It's about remembering how good God is. The next thing he talks about is a breastplate of righteousness. It's a chess piece that these, you know, the knights with the pointy hats used to wear. It's something that protects you. Um, the chess piece of righteousness is talking about right living, righteous living, making sure you are seeking holiness, seeking to do the right thing because of what God did for you in Jesus. It's saying, if I get the opportunity to cheat on that test or to badmouth this girl or to do something that I know I should not be doing, I'm going to run away from that because I want to put on my breastplate of righteousness every single day. And the next thing he talks about is, is the gospel shoes or the shoes on your feet. Now, he's not very clear in the passage, but if you study, it's clear that Paul is talking about these shoes are symbolically representing the fact that we are always willing to share our relationship with Jesus with other people. And so if Andrew comes up to me and says, hey, God, why are you different? Like, why, you know, why do, you, why do I feel like you love me? I'm going to say, I love you because of what Jesus did on the cross for me. And I want you to know about that, right? And you, you girls or you guys have friends at school or maybe on your soccer team or, or, or whatever you're involved in. Are you wearing your shoes of the gospel, right? Being willing to take the gospel to those people every single week. Because remember, you're reminding yourself of the truth with the belt. You're putting on right living with a chest plate. And now you're saying, I'm going to go and I'm going to share with these people. The next thing he talks about is a shield of faith, right? Our faith in Jesus is something that can shield us from all this negative stuff in the world. People telling us, like, God isn't good enough. Like, you need to go do what you want to do. Like, live for yourself and nobody else. That's baloney, you guys. Let me tell you something. I lived for myself. I walked away from God for like a couple, three or four years, and man, it stinks. And guess what? Now I've got a shield of faith that protects me from the people who are telling me, go back to that life. No, I've got faith in Jesus, and, and that shield protects me. And so he says to put on your shield of faith. And then he says to put on the helmet of salvation. This is one of my favorites. You guys know the helmet is really important when it comes to armor, right? You know, if I get hit in the arm, it's like, okay, I'm fine. But, like, my head, it's really important. I need that to live, right? It says the helmet of salvation. This is almost like the cherry on top, right? Salvation has changed my life completely. Now, here's what I mean when I say the word salvation. 
I mean the fact that I was apart from God, but because of what Jesus did, I can now be together with God. That's salvation. And that is my hope. I live every single day based on the fact that when I die, I'm going to be worshiping God in heaven. If I drop dead right here, if I left and I got in a car wreck, celebrate. Why? Because I'm with Jesus. And, and here's the thing. That can protect me from so many lies, from so many fears, right? What am I to be afraid of? I've got Jesus' promise that he paid for my sin on the cross, and I'm so thankful for that. Next is the sword of the Spirit. This is the only offensive piece of the armor. And so if we want to be able to stand against the powers of evil, we got to put on or we got to take up the sword, right? Get in God's word. Hear what God has to say about who you are, right? It's not about, it's not like this. I'll go to church and I'll hear about God's word. No, student, own it. Take up the sword, right? Spend some time in God's word. Learn about who God is from his own words, right? And here's the cool thing. None of these things are about us being good enough. It's not saying, Jenna, if you're good enough, you can stand against it. It's not saying, Aiden or, or anybody in this room, if you're good enough, you can stand against it. It's saying, only the power of God can give you the strength to stand in this battle. Here's the beauty, student. I spent my whole teenage years thinking I needed to be good enough for Jesus. See, that's not it at all. All I had to do is put my faith in Christ. And as I do that, I can remind myself of the truth that I'm not guilty of my sin because of Jesus. I can live a good life and seek him because of his power. I can have hope because I'm putting on this helmet of salvation. And you see, it's not because I'm good enough. It's because Jesus is good enough and he died on the cross for my sin. And that's a beautiful picture. The last section we're going to look at is verses 18 through 20. <laughs> Paul is going to say, He's going to say something so simple here, so read along with me, and then we'll kind of break it down and talk. Here's what it says. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me. And my words may be given to me in the opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. And I may declare it boldly, as I ought to speak. Very simply in these verses, Paul is saying this. We have to pray for one another if we want to stand strong together. We have to pray for one another if we want to stand strong together. There's not really much to say on this, guys. It's as simple as this. Paul wants us to pray for each other. Look, look around this room. You see the person next to you? Look to the person next to you on both sides. You see them? Listen to this question. Have you prayed for that person in the last week? That's a really good question to ask. Why? The people are sitting with are probably people you feel close with, right? Probably people you feel comfortable with, right? Why would you, why would you not want to pray for them? Paul is saying that if we want to stand strong together, we have to pray for each other. Listen, I'm not saying these things to make you feel bad. I'm not saying these things to encourage you. We can stand strong together. If we pray for each other, right? So pray for those who are close with you. Pray for those in your small groups on Wednesday night. Paul makes it so clear. 
this passage, it's so clear what he's saying. He starts off by saying this. He says, we're fighting a battle, but we can stand strong against that evil. And then he says, the only way we can stand strong is if we stand in the power of God and we put on the armor of God, right? The truth, the righteousness, the salvation, the hope, the faith. And then he says this, as we do these things, as we know our battle, as we put on our armor, let's pray for one another. Guys, we can stand strong together. That's what this whole series has been about in Squad Up. It's about how we can all be a family, and as the church, we can stand strong together. So here's what I want to do. I want to tell you guys a quick story, and then I want to give you some application points. You see, in my life, I had a couple guys who were willing to stand strong with me. When I was in college, I had questions about my faith. I wondered if, if I was even believing in Jesus the way the scripture talked about. I wondered if all the time I'd spent in church was wasted or, or that I was missing the point and I needed questions to be answered and I had to talk things out with people. And there's these two guys that were there for me to hear me and to love me and to stand strong with me. Those guys' names were Matthew and Chris. And instead of tripping me up like Emerson and the guys sledding, they were willing to help me stand strong in my faith. Here's the thing. We can stand strong together. And so you might be saying, how can I do that? And so these last couple points are points about how we can stand strong with others. They should be up on, yep, there it is. Number one, the first thing we can do is you can put on your armor, right? Take seriously your faith. Remind yourself of the truth of Jesus Live a good life seeking holiness. Remind yourself of the hope that we have in salvation. Take up the sword of the word and be willing to walk with your friends. Put on your armor. Number two is to help someone else put on their armor. Maybe you're at a place in your life and you, you are putting on your armor daily. Not because it's the right thing to do or, or Pastor Drew said it on, on Sunday morning, but because you want to have a relationship with Jesus. Here's the thing, student. At some point, it has to be more than a lesson on Sunday morning, right? It has to be more than me or Pastor Mike or your small group leaders telling you these lessons. you got to own your faith. And when you do, you can put on your armor and you can also help people put on their armor, Right? And so if you know someone who's, who's struggling or, or, or they need help putting on their armor, reach out to them. Help them put on their armor. Invite them out to a small group. Get them plugged in. Put them in situations that helped you put on your armor, right? And then number three, pray for one another. It's so simple, you guys. We're all a part of God's family. And, and, and sometimes things don't go right, but we can forgive each other because Jesus forgave us. And when we do that, we can be united and we can grow together. And at the end of it all, we can look back and say, I'm standing strong in the power of God. That's what Squad Up has been about all four weeks. And I'm excited that we got to walk through that and work through that together. Thank you guys so much for being attentive and, and being an awesome um, crowd. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for us and then um, we're going to be finished, okay? Let's pray. 
God, thank you so much for these students. Thank you so much for their willingness to just be here, to be present, to love you. We love you, God, and we thank you for what you've done in each of our lives. Please continue to work. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.